What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the House of Ours podcast for the first time in I don't know how long. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this episode up into two parts. For the first part, I'm going to give you guys my 2021 NFL mock draft. Uh, and then the second part, I will give you guys full-on MLB predictions and three t- three takeaways that I have for this year's March Madness tournament so far going into the first after the first couple rounds. So without further ado, guys, for the first time in about a couple months, I think, we're going to get into this episode. I mean, let's, I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. Trevor Lawrence is a lock at number one. He's a generational talent with deep ball accuracy. He doesn't run as much as some other quarterbacks, but that arm is just fantastic. Now, what Jacksonville needs to do is surround Lawrence with receiving talent. They already have somewhat decent pieces with DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault, but they need to grab another decent receiver or two in free agency and build off of that a little bit. Now, with the second pick, the Houston Texans will select Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. Now, I was really close to taking Justin Fields with this pick, but what blew me away is Wilson is, is what Wilson has with his legs. He has 10 rushing tutties this past year, along with 254 rushing yards. Now I know the yards are a bit lackluster, but the man knows how to get in, but the man knows how to get into the end zone with his legs, which makes him kind of like a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen comp. But we'll see how he kind of translates into the NFL a little bit. Next, with the third pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the Miami Dolphins selecting Jamar Chase. Wide receiver out of LSU. Now, I could go with a guy like Jalen Waddle. I could go with a guy like Devontae Smith here. But Chase is just too athletic. He, he can go get you on the back shoulder ball or a tough 50-50 ball deep downfield. He also has a great speed and agility to get past defenders. Another factor is, is that Devontae Parker could be a huge mentor to Chase because Parker isn't too bad, isn't too bad himself down in South Beach. And I think they picked up another receiver or two. I'm not really sure. So I, I'm really I'm really hyped to see what um, two is gonna do with uh, a guy like Chase and 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 a guy who can stretch the field a little bit. Now with the fourth pick, the Atlanta, I got the Atlanta Falcons moving on from uh, Matt Ryan and selecting Justin Fields, quarterback from the Ohio State University, along with Lawrence. Fields is another generational talent, especially with the arm and the deep ball sprinkled in with some rushing ability. With probably the most dynamic receiver core in the league with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst, they could really make Fields look look even better than advertised. And like, as he's he's in kind of like a closed closed dome, and I guess that kind of helps with like the thin air to just uh, bring bring the ball up a little bit, and his receivers can make it easier to catch. So we'll see what happens though. But I I just don't see why not the Falcons just grab a guy like Justin Fields because he he can really change around change that organization around for sure. Uh, with the fifth pick now, the Cincinnati Bengals will select Panay Sewell, offensive tackle from Oregon. Now this kid is probably the best offensive lineman since like Quentin Nelson and Joe Thomas. This two could just pancake people left and right. He has incredible blocking ability and it's just like a 6'6", 330 pound bulldozer just running through everyone. And I feel like he'll really help out Joe Burrow so much when he comes uh, when he comes back from injury and 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 can help lead Burrow to his LSU versions back in the day. Now with the next pick I got the Philadelphia Eagles selecting the the tight end that should be a DK Metcalf wide receiver, Kyle Pitts. Now, I was really close to picking Jalen Waddle in this situation, but you cannot pass up on a guy like Pitts. He is like a once in a 50 year type of player. Like you don't get that kind of player unless if you're a DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or whatever. Ah, 
There are only so many people in this world that look like Pitts and play like Pitts. He has the ability to be a top a tight end of all time. Yes, I said it. All time. Yes. He has the potential to be like Gronk and Kelsey. If if he's, he, he's, he kind of plays more like a wide receiver, like I said, but if he learns how to like block a little bit, he can be just, oh my God. He, he can definitely surpass guys like Gronk and Kelsey, like already. And get this, the guy is super light on his feet. How can a guy like Pitts can be as built as the Hulk and can be super light on his feet? Like, again, it's just crazy to me how, like, this guy is just built different from there. It's crazy. Now, with the seventh pick, the Detroit Lions will select Jalen Waddell, a wide receiver from Alabama. Now, I like to think of Waddell as like a Swiss, arm, a Swiss Army knife. A coach can put him anywhere on the line of scrimmage, whether it's in the backfield, slot, or on the outside. He has fantastic speed and acceleration to blow past the opposing secondary. Additionally, they may could teach a route-running clinic with how it can separate between him and opposing DBs. Now, the only thing that's probably holding him back is a fractured right ankle that he suffered months ago. Something like that could take a long time to come back from, so we'll see if he could bounce back from that, because that could be the difference between boom or bust, in my opinion at least. With the 8th pick, the Carolina Panthers will select Trey Lance, quarterback out of North, North Dakota State. Now I, think the cons- now, I think that the consensus is that head coach Matt Rule and the Panthers will move on from Teddy Bridgewater and try to find another QB. And Trey Lance is exactly that kind of guy they need. The one thing I will knock him on is that his arm motion is kind of a little unconventional and should be fixed. Now, I don't know if that issue is, is kind of like a weird wind-up or stretch in baseball, but I was just observing. And speaking of observing, I'm observing some fantastic qualities out of Lance. He could put the ball in the right spot for the receiver to easily catch on the go route. Also on short routes and slant routes, it seems like he is the perfect fundamentals for putting the ball in the right place at the right time. If he actually does get drafted to the Panthers, he will have Robbie Anderson as a decent wide receiver one. But I feel like there still needs to be a little more surrounding Lance in order for him to be successful in the league. Picking up a guy like T.Y. Hilton or Golden Tate can really make that Panthers offense dynamic, but we'll see what unfolds. Now with the ninth pick, I got the Denver Broncos selecting Patrick Sertan II, cornerback out of Alabama. The thing about Sertan that I really like is how smart he is on the field. From his knowledge when watching film, he seems to know the precise time to really defend his man and knows when the exact right moment is to run the, run, run the routes with wideouts. The one problem I have with him is that it, is that if this actually does happen, he's going to be in the AFC West. That means he'll be facing the best offensive football twice a year in Patty Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey. And that also means he's going to be guarding Hill on the outside. Although he's a really good man-to-man quarterback and that's what his game is basically based on, he doesn't really do well with fast and quick receivers like Tyreek, so he'll probably get cooked those games. But then again, it's only two times out of the year. The other 15 games, he can really do well and become a top cornerback in the league. Now, with the 10th pick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to select another cornerback uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, and they will select Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Speaking of having the potential to be a top cornerback in the league, Farley has that built into him. He, has just, he, has just, he just has to access that potential. In order to fully do that, he needs to fix the fact that he gets burned sometimes. Now, I know people aren't perfect, but you got to at least put it to a minimum. Especially in a system like the Cowboys that desperately, desperately need secondary help beside Trayvon Diggs, Farley would be able to come right into that starting defense and be able to make plays immediately. Now, it's all up to him to, if he could be consistent in, in making those plays and help lead the Cowboys back to the playoffs and beyond. Yeah, so with the 11th pick, I feel like this this is the first reach of the draft, that, that at least in my opinion. 
And I got the New York Giants selecting Quiddy Pay, defensive end out of Michigan. Now, if Kenny Holiday, Holiday, if Kenny Galladay didn't get signed to the G-Men, I would have probably gone with a guy like Devontae Smith here. But since that signing, I needed to pick an edge rusher since I was their top need per source. And I, and I had to choose between Pay and Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. I chose Pay because even though he looks more like a DB than an edge rusher, he just shreds every O-lineman in his path. He sort of reminds me of a guy like Shaq Barrett in the, in the way he plays. They both have one option in their DNA, sack the quarterback, and they will do whatever it takes to do so. And if you have that kind of mentality in a 16-game season, you're going to easily be a top D-end in football without a shadow of a doubt. Now, with the 12th pick, I got the San Francisco 49ers selecting Mac Jones, quarterback out of, out of Alabama. One news source says Jimmy Garoppolo might stay. Another doesn't think so. And it's just a whole mess in the Bay Area right now. But one guy that can try and fix this mess is Mac Jones. The Heisman nominee is very composed in the pocket and has a fantastic arm. His play reminds me a little bit of Justin Herbert. Although they don't really run too often, their throwing accuracy is just off the charts when they are in the rhythm. Furthermore, just like at Alabama, Jones will have a lot of great weapons at his disposal. Of course, the one guy that comes to mind is tight end George Kittle. Others include Sun Devil alum Brandon Ayuk and speedster Debo Samuel. If Jones, if Jones can get those guys going, he can definitely have a chance to lead the Niners back to the playoffs, as much as it pains me to say as a Cardinals fan. Now, with the 13th pick, I got the LA Chargers selecting Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. To me, Slater is like the Tim Duncan of O-linemen. He just knows the fundamentals so well and uses them to the best of his ability every snap. And trust me, he'll need those fundamentals when he's on the Chargers. That's because Justin Herbert was sacked 32 times in 2020, which is tied with Joe Burrow for the ninth worst total in the NFL. So to say that this isn't a big need is a massive understatement. With the 14th pick, the Minnesota Vikings select Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive tackle out of USC. Now, just like with the Chargers, their QB was sacked a lot this past season. In fact, Kirk Cousins was sacked 39 times, which is the sixth worst total in the NFL. I use the same argument for Slater as I do for Vera Tucker. To say that O-line isn't a big need for the Vikings is a flat-out understatement. Now, with the penultimate pick, the 15th pick in this little uh, mock draft that I'm doing, the New England Patriots will select Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. I mean, listen, wherever Bill Belichick's at right now, he should be grinning from ear to ear. Robert Kraft and the, and the Pats front office were like, man, we're sick and tired of losing for just one year. Let's go back to the winning again after one year and just sign everyone else and their mothers. It's so funny to me because after just one year of losing, you just decide to just sign everyone. Like, I'm going to just I'm gonna just sign, okay, I'm going to sign Hunter Henry. Hunter, Hunter Henry. I'm going to sign John New Smith. I'm going to sign Matthew Judon. I'm going I'm, I'm to re-sign Kyle Van Noy. I'm going to sign um, Kendrick Bourne. I'm going to sign this dude, this dude, and this dude. After just one year, you're that sick and tired of losing for one year, and you just sign everyone who can, who can try and make a play. And this is actually good for the Patriots because they don't really need to stress come draft time. And, I, and, and to me, I think they go best player available, and that to me is Devontae Smith. Now, I've talked about him a lot on the pod, but just in case you need a reminder, here it is. Over, over his four-year college career at Alabama with a stacked wide receiver room, might I add, he has 235 catches, 3,965 yards receiving, an average of 17.7 yards per catch, and 46 touchdowns. 
it almost feels weird that I have him dropping this far because one, Kuiper and McShay have him going in the top 10, if not top 5. And two, the man is a recent Heisman winner. I also feel like this could be the C.D. Lamb effect uh, that we saw last year when he fell all the way to down to 17 and, and, and when he was projected to be in a similar spot that Devontae is currently in. Now, the reason why I chose 16 picks is my Cardinals are selecting at the 16th pick. And in my opinion, we will select Najee Harris running back out of Alabama. Now, I was kind of struggling, <clears throat> excuse me, I was kind of struggling between a corner or a running back. But what made me feel like a running back was the bigger need in this situation is that we could easily snag a decent free agent corner and sign him to a one to two year deal. To give you some to give you some perspective on why, let me list some corners that are still available. AJ Boye, Malcolm Butler, Casey Hayward, Richard Sherman, Josh Norman, Jason McCordy, and Bashad Breeland. These seven guys can be signed for dirt cheap and can play really well when they're in a rhythm. With the loss of Kenyon Drake to the Raiders, I just don't see Edmonds being your number one running back. I feel like we need that true running back because we don't need another guy like Edmonds that can that can catch just as much as he can run. We need that true running back that can juke around people and make those long run plays. Also, it relieves a ton of pressure from Kyler Murray to have to run an RPO or a read option every single play. Lastly, Harris is, has a chance to be a lockdown number one for the Redbirds for five to ten years, I think. Now, that might seem like a stretch because, as we all know, running backs don't last long in the NFL. But with the amount of talent that Harris has, I just don't see that not happening. So, there you have it, guys. Those are my 16 picks for the 2021 NFL Draft. Um, I'll take a break for a little bit, and this will be the end of the Part 1 episode. And I'll see you guys at Part 2. Peace.